Um, it's definitely hard to force myself to do it because I don't have, I love sleep, eight hours, you know, minimum. Welcome to Sleep Talker. It's 3am. Today was alright. I actually felt pretty normal. The podcast about sleep I'm sort of starting to lose concentration, but I don't know if that's all in my head because that's what the doctor told me would happen. Dreams. So yeah. Nightmares. I guess we'll just see. And what happens in your head after dark. In this podcast, we've heard from people who can't sleep. We've heard about what it feels like to be tired. But what I don't really know is what happens to our bodies when we miss out on rest. Tonight on Sleep Talker, we'll hear from Paige Lisi, a radio producer from Sydney. For this story, Paige did something I don't think I could bring myself to do. She willingly kept herself awake and tried to find out if she could stretch the hours in her days. Well, let's get into it. Is yep. that, is that, are those headphones okay? No, that's fine, thanks. Yeah. All right. So my first question is, can you die from lack of sleep? <laughs> um, Meet Dr. Dev Banerjee. He's a sleep doctor from Sydney. We'll just call him Dr. Dev. Look, at the end of the day, sleep-wake is a bit of a yin-yang process. And I get people to come to my clinic and say, I've not slept for 30 years. What are you going to do about it? And actually, when you Dr. Dev is my sleep doctor. So we don't actually have individuals who have no sleep at all. But there are some conditions that people might have heard about called fatal insomnia. And those individuals who die from this condition is, is because of other neurodegenerative conditions. And insomnia has, is, is one of the side effects. So the answer to your question is no. So when people come to me and say, I don't sleep very well, they have that perception of don't sleep very well. And what I'm trying to work out, is it a difficulty in initiation of sleep or is it a difficulty in maintaining of sleep? So we, we sort of loosely use this term insomnia to describe poor sleep or sleep deprivation or lack of sleep, but it's quite a loose term and you have to be a little bit more uh, investigative and in trying to work out exactly what aspects of the sleep is an issue. Tom. That's me. Nice to meet you. How did you sleep last night? Uh, yeah. Okay, now this is Tom. Uh, yeah. Since I've been about 10 years old, like you'll go to bed and you'll sort of lie there and you're still awake seven hours later um, and you end up probably getting about two hours sleep a night. He's in his late 20s and he runs a bar in Sydney. Get two hours sleep five days a week and then one day you'll just crash for like 14, 15 hours. Tom has insomnia. Uh, it's just something that has become part of my routine. Like I know what I have to do to survive on very little sleep and I know what I have to do to sort of uh, regenerate myself after that. 
for many people, they don't get to sleep because of social reasons or work reasons, environmental reasons, so on. So we, we sort of loosely use this term insomnia to describe poor sleep or sleep deprivation or lack of sleep, but it's quite a loose term and you have to be a little bit more uh, investigative and trying to work out exactly what aspects of the sleep is an issue. How one feels at night time and how one feels at daytime is very much intrinsically related to each other. Well, the whole point of this was that I wanted to get as close to Tom's experience of insomnia as I physically could. Under the supervision of Dr. Dev, of course, I cut my sleep in half. I did four nights in a row and pretty much just tried to get on with my normal life in between. Actually, well, there was one little rule. I totally recommend you don't drive, so public transport. You know, on a serious note, if you are undertaking sleep deprivation and you get into a motor vehicle and you know you're tired and you fall asleep, you'd be liable to the law because you're not taking a duty of care. That in mind, off I went. Okay, so this is my first night on reduced sleep. I have so much time and I don't know what to do with it. So I've just been on YouTube for the last um, like 45 minutes watching these other kids do sleep deprivation experiments where they don't sleep at all for 100 hours and they film themselves. I feel like I should be making better use of my time right now. What are you doing when you're awake at weird hours? Um, reading, I go for walks, like, go to the gym, there's a 24 hour gym, so I can just go there and see it, just find something to sort of fill up your time. Try and not waste it, uh, it's very easy to just sit and like, TV. I feel like an encyclopedic uh, knowledge of uh, infomercials and <laughs> antiques roadshow and like late night TV. So we are on day one now after my first night on a massively reduced sleep and I, I don't know, the things that I've kind of noticed today are that I'm, I'm pretty hungry, I'm really craving caffeine, but I feel like those things are totally normal for me. Um, it starts to affect your body a lot, like you start to metabolise sugar a lot faster, so you metabolise any sort of uh, caffeine or like slip, like keep awake aids a lot faster uh, and you go through food a hell of a lot quicker as well. Like you're just constantly eating to give yourself energy. Um, day number two and the hunger thing is definitely still a thing. Um, I'm slightly more irritable today. More just, not really like at anyone but kind of more just at little things that annoy me like what happened before. I um, couldn't, I couldn't remember the code to unlock my bike and it was like really frustrating and I got really angry and then I was like, oh, okay, I know this, we're fine, we're sweet. Um, but yeah, aside from that, I, I feel like I'm relatively unaffected at this point, wondering how long that will last for. Those people who, who's, who, who don't sleep very well, it's like an equilibrium shift. They, they adjust the equilibrium of, of trying to manage and get through with lack of sleep. So you'll have an, an acute response, acute physiological and psychological response, and also a social response. You know, you don't want to be 
partying, for example, because you just don't feel you've got enough energy to do it. Um, I definitely feel pretty drained today. I can't really concentrate on anything and it's taken me a little while if someone's talking to me for me to realise that they're talking to me. Um, it's day three now and um, last night I gave myself a solid three and a half hours worth of Zeds. Um, and actually, interestingly, last night I got in trouble at work for not doing something properly because I'm tired and... Um, I definitely had a way lower tolerance for criticism. I just took it super personally. And um, if I wasn't aware that my brain was sleep deprived and, and probably playing tricks on me, I would have, I don't know if I would have been able to cope. Kind of felt a bit teary, if that makes sense. Um, and I know that it can, it can really be hard to control that feeling once it sets in. Those who have mental health illness, anxiety, stress, depression, mood disorders, they tend to have a, a disorder of the sleep as well. It's quite common. There's always a big debate amongst us. What comes first? Is it uh, the poor sleep, unrestorative sleep, or is it the, the mood disorder? I think the two really very much interact together. And so trying to treat one in isolation never really works. It's the easy way out is, oh, we'll take some sleeping tablets and, and away you go. But you, you need to understand where that sleep disorder is coming from. Ah, oh, two or three years ago, I had a terrible fucking temper. Um, it was just like, yeah, was an, uh, was an unpleasant person to work with and be around, but I've d done a lot of work towards sort of uh, removing myself from that. And it's, no, it's not that I have any more sleep or any less sleep than then. Uh, just about understanding, you know, essentially this is how much sleep I'm going to get and this is how I'm going to feel about it. So. Well, insomnia is quite a chronic condition and it's phasic, so you have good phases and bad phases. And so during an acute phase or a bad phase, you, you learn management strategies that you rely on when you have the next bad phase as well. And it's a lot, of, lot to do with learning about yourself and how you manage the situation. Many people are different. It comes for me and for people I know with it, it comes in like waves, like sometimes it affects you like one day a week. And then for six months you'll have like a relatively normal sleeping pattern and then it'll just swing right back to like two hours and a Well, it's 4am and I was supposed to go to sleep an hour ago, but um, I can't really sleep. Um, I don't know why, maybe I think it's because I had too much caffeine today knowing that I've had to be awake so much over the last four nights and I've like completely thrown my body clock out and all my housemates are upstairs and they're all probably fast asleep and so I'm just lying here awake in bed just that's really annoying because I just want to get my four hours sleep <laughs> for the last night with the hyperarousal response that's trying to keep you awake during the daytime but that hyperarousal response is flight fright response. There's a bit of a domino effect into the night time and that's probably why you couldn't get to sleep after an, an hour. And that's what we see in many people with insomnia, this hyper alertness so they can't just switch off. What you'll probably find is even one night, even if you do get eight, nine, ten hours of sleep, you will probably not recover completely physiologically.
When we look at work patterns, it's important that, let's say, after um, a set of nights, for example, there's no point having one good night recovery and then go back on nights again. You need at least two or three. You can't switch your circadian rhythm on and off like, like a switch. It, it's a gradual thing. And I think that probably embodies what we're trying to say is that um, one rule isn't fit for everybody and you've got to work out um, what works for you. I think we live in a fairly transitional life and what works for you now may not work for you in 40 years. So you've got to readapt and that's key for everyone. This story first aired on All the Best in an episode called In the Red. It's all about different kinds of debt and you can listen to the whole thing at allthebestradio.com. Paige Lisi produced this story. She's a radio presenter and producer from Sydney. You can find her on Instagram or Twitter at Paige, that's P-A-I-J underscore Elizabeth. I'll post those links at the Sleep Talker website, sleeptalkerpodcast.com. That's also where you can listen to past episodes and find out how to subscribe or get in touch. If you like the show, you know what to do. More sleep stories soon. Until next time, good night.